so and so you see what what's got to happen now is Paloma Faith's got to uh, ditch everything and become a carpenter apparently <laughs> uh, would you oh. buy a table oh. by Paloma I mean I would I'll be honest uh, just to say that it was by Paloma but if everything went the way that uh, Rishi Sungar is suggesting uh, then it wouldn't be valuable uh, Sunak yes sorry I, j- I don't memorise the names of people who've made my blood boil um, <laughs> boil my chest you, you, you see that earlier today I mean you were at work when it broke but like, I'm guessing you saw it during the uh, day yeah because the, the, the news is always on in the canteen so when I take Rishi my breaks Sunak just going so uh, yeah uh, as regards to people who work in entertainment and events and theatre and film um, who are struggling at the moment in this this economy and environment because we've not provided any fucking support. Mm. Uh, you you all uh, you all just have to retrain. Great. Let me guess. Uh, when you finish your shift being Chancellor of the Exchequer and a knobhead, mm-hmm. do you go home at like eight thirty at night, eat your tea? And then sit in a dark room for two hours before you go to bed? I mean, probably. You, you just, don't. He's a Tory. That's true. But if you don't, that's because you're probably watching stuff, listening to stuff, you know, entertainment, you prick. He's a conservative just, MP. He probably oh. sleeps hanging from the ceiling. I, I... Or in a <sighs> coffin. Don't live in a bubble, kids. But if you take one thing away from this podcast today... Fuck the Tories. Anyway, welcome back to Big Damn Fuck the Tories. Uh, we don't talk about pop culture anymore. Well, we have to, because believe it or not, this week, shit happened. Well, no, shit didn't Things happen got announced. this week. <laughs> well, no, a lot, a, lot, a lot of shit, a lot of, a lot of contracts were signed, and a yeah. lot of, um, a lot of uh, uh, wheels began a turn Some, some news of projects. things that are to come started to break yeah. but, uh, but thou art be a thing but, folks but mostly uh, it's yeah. uh oh yeah this thing isn't happening until now <laughs> anymore um so but we have stuff to talk about and that's that makes a happy pair of sleepy boys well i'm just i'm not happy but that's you know oh that okay well in that case i'll just introduce us so we can get this it's this hell over with it's, tu- <laughs> it's tuesday of course i'm not happy <laughs> Welcome to Big Damn Cast, pop culture podcast for nerdy news, geeky gossip, and other shite that just sort of occurs. We comment on it in humorous, wacky, and charmingly northern ways. Occasionally, uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm Chris. Don't let COVID scare you, folks. It's easy to get over, apparently. Johnson, I'm Matt. I I, I haven't caught COVID nineteen. <coughs> <coughs> Just before we started recording, Matt played me that clip of Rudy Giuliani hacking his guts up on uh, on on the news um, after claiming that he's never had COVID. And like I, I'd heard about that clip, I hadn't heard it yet. I am, oh my god, I am just like, I oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I told you so. I don't want to say it goes or what goes around comes around. I don't want to say karma's a bitch, but what I will do is sit here and just smile real fucking. I mean, it's the, it's the closest to sort of retribution some of these cunts are gonna get, really, isn't it? Um, but... How long? 
as we record this, and we've not had a great success rate on this podcast of talking about Trump's um, failures. Yeah. I mean, hell, one of our earliest episodes was like, this guy's running for president. What a twat. <laughs> yeah. oh, That's never that'd be happen. shit, right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, but, but that being said, as we record this, Trump is out of... Uh, out of quarantine even forget that being out of the medical center he's out of quarantine after yeah. only four days uh, well three and a half days of, of actual quarantine and nearly five days now out and about um since being uh, taken in at walter reed um how long do you think before they're either covering up the fact that he's having to go for more treatment or he obviously is taken for more treatment and they try and play it a different way oh, t- i think at least tomorrow i think at least a week you think tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> wow. well that's both bases covered if it happens between now and when we publish this episode then we've got both bases covered so there we go the diplomatic way out how the fuck have you been beautiful boy we've not actually well, apart from a bit of twitch we've not uh looked at each other's lovely faces for two weeks well this is a, there's a, nice a reason surprise. for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's not actually no Skype I meant you dingle there's actually no there's actually fingers. no pandemic Christopher I just don't want to come to your house anymore this whole thing's an elaborate <laughs> this prank this whole thing's an elaborate why rooms. would you not why would you not want to come to my house I've put fairy lights in the office <laughs> you can't see them now you can't see them now because I've got a killer migraine so I've got all the lights off oh but... no <laughs> yeah it's horrible I didn't know I'm, you I'm had two a hours in, I'm two hours into paracetamol so I'll I'll get through this podcast just as long as there isn't any news that would it's a very specific piece of news that okay. would trigger me okay, what, into what relapsing into a stressed out state based around the mishandling, misunderstanding, and uh, ultimately uh, cack-handed decisions that may be made by uh, Sony Pictures in regards to one of my favourite characters and completely muddling up their franchise. Um, the doctor says that my, my migraine will will only increase exponentially under the circumstance that the amazing Spider-Man franchise is somehow continued despite being shite overall did, as, a, as a project. Did you hear the scuttlebutt this week that Jamie Foxx is going to return as Electro? <laughs> that was the sound of my head hitting the pavement. Yeah, which is really First, impressive because he's indoors and upstairs. <laughs> I carry paving stone around with me. Oh, is it your girlfriend? It's got the, fa- it's got the face of Molly Myrtle on it. I fucking hate that so much. I hate it so much. Oh, God. So, um... I hate it so, so much. Yeah, Sony Pictures didn't announce this week, but several sources quoted and were not refuted. I think Jamie it's Fox, not true. I think it's, I think it's real. I think it's real. And I'll, I'll, I'll go on to say... Why. Jamie Foxx is in talks to, quote, reprise his role as Max Dillon, a.k.a. Electro, unquote, from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the sequel to Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, the casual cinema goer might be like, oh, they're bringing Electro back. Cool. But the the reason it's weird is because The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 are a separate franchise to the current Spider-Man. They're a different thing. It's all the Spider-Verse, Chris. Don't, because that'll be their angle. So, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is shite. 
Uh, it's got the best on-screen costume in terms of like comics accurate costume for Spidey out of all the films. I think it looks yeah. pretty gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, my second favorite um, comic accurate costume after the homemade one from Homecoming, which isn't based directly on any, but looks absolutely like a homemade costume he would have actually made if he were a teenage superhero. Yeah. And as a result, I respect it. But um, yeah, uh, uh, the, the Amazing Spider-Man Two is not good and one of the things that's really not good about it i mean overall it's mostly script it's uh, actually pacing, bad uh, some people have said it's actually and, bad yeah and just the way sony handle franchise movies is not great anymore and has not been for a while i think the way sony um, handle movies is often not great not <laughs> always true. but often not great oh by the way uh, before i forget this week's episode is sponsored by sony um, ah sometimes sony they games. make a good film yeah yeah <laughs> do you think they're gone they're not listening so the point is that um Mrs. Spider-Man 2 is not great and one of the things that is really painful and cringeworthy in it well the most painful and cringeworthy, cringeworthy thing in it is Dane DeHaan's depiction of Harry Osborn and the Green Goblin yeah that's not that good. is painful to watch but one of the other things is Jamie Foxx's Electro because they reframe Electro in the comics is just a kind of bitter guy who's an electrician who a horrid accident whilst working on maintenance stuff one day uh, mutates his body into uh, some a conductor for electricity, and as time goes by, he becomes like living electric energy in human form. Um, they change him into Edward Nigma from Batman Forever <laughs> meets Aldrich Killian from Iron Man Three, mm. Um, mm. which in itself was just a, a remake of. Edward Nigma from Batman Forever. Mm. But they sort of merge them. He's now an Oscorp employee who's a a, a weedy, uh, uh, slightly creepy, but, you know, seems to just be a social misfit, means well sort of guy, until you realise, no, he's a, he's a dangerous stalker in the making. And that's his character. And Jamie Foxx tries his best to cartoonify this up, but this is no Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin. There is no way to do this and come out of it with like, well, at least they went for it and were having a laugh. It just comes across as really misjudged. And then when well, he turns yeah. to Electro, he's just a, he's just a visual effect um, with a voice filter. That's all he is as Electro. Like he's yeah. not he's not threatening. He's not scary. He's kind of scary to look at at first, but then you get over the spectacle of the visual effect, and you're like. Okay, cool. You try to um, make him intimidating as well, but he just comes across as cartoonish. The, the way you do like... it, it, the way you do it is you either make him really cartoony and like really sort of like I am ultimate power and all that shit and go down the Saturday morning cartoon villain route, or you do Electro from the comics, which is it's a bit of a dick. He's like, I've got this power. Screw it. I'm gonna screw over the man. I'm gonna rob some banks. Like, let's do this. Come on. I'm gonna, rob, like, I'm gonna get you... some big gold coins. Big bags yeah. of gold coins. Big bags of gold Just coins. Just like my mate Doc like... Ock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you know what I mean? Like, what's great about Electro is he could be ultimate power. And there's some stories in the 2000s where he like dabbles with it. Like, where he sort of becomes like a hero for the people, fighting against Dexter Bennett's DB and everything, and the the Grim Hunt like build up and all that stuff. Like. You know, the idea of him being like, I could be more than what I am. And then it sort of gets swatted away from him. And spoiler alert, uh, unless he's been brought back since, who is it currently, right? Spidey, Nick Spencer? Nick Spencer. Unless Nick Spencer's brought him back after where I've read up to, Electro's dead. So, like, there's another Electro, which is his former missus, who killed him and took his powers. Um, But, like, 
I like bitter, shitty Electro. I like somebody with absolute power who's too much of a dickhead, selfish dickhead to realise it. Like, so uh, it's that whole... like Sauron from X-Men. Yeah, I don't want to cure cancer. I just want to turn, turn people, people into dinosaurs. dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, the idea of, like, it, it, it sort of is an extra level of danger. You've got your mega maniacal psychos like Doc Ock who, who, who like, have convinced themselves they're in the right and mm. they will do anything necessary to get what they want. Mm. Or people like the Green Goblin are like, I will kill everyone. Because it'll it'll hurt you and you'll have lost. And while I'm at it, I'm gonna fuck up my family legacy. There's some weird, creepy, familial shit in my storyline. But also, you can have those. Villains. I just like you know, you can people. Have, yeah, you can have Sandman who's like, I'm really powerful, but I don't know which side I should be on. But I'm j- I'm just trying to get by and be left alone. And you you, know, you can have those kind of villains. Mm. Um, but then some of the fun ones are the ones where their power could absolutely eradicate a city. They could hold the world to ransom but they're too thick to know it. Like, they're too selfish and in the moment to know it. Because there's a nice extra level of threat to those characters Mm. in what if one day they twigged and realised, oh my god, I'm at, like, one out of ten. I could be ten out of... Do you know what I mean? Like, they're waiting for for a bigger supervillain to be like, you do realise you're wasting your time, right? (laughs) And, And to bring them out and... Like, so that's kind of threatening, but, like... They just they, they, basically what I'm saying is, folks. I really like Spider-Man comics, and I like Electro, and I think the film Electro was shite. So the fact they want to bring it back is weird. Um, not just because it's a separate continuity, but that's my theory. Good dear, beautiful Matthew, you you summed it up a few minutes ago. Spider Verse, Pascal Pictures, Amy Pascal, and specifically Ave Arad are very formulaic and transparent in their decisions super transparent in their decisions when it comes to franchises and Spider-Man stuff. Um, I mean, Morbius is not part of the MCU, but they, based on that trailer, have put Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes in Morbius. Hmm. So a character from an MCU movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, is in Morbius. They keep teasing, oh, so will Venom and Spider-Man meet up, says someone in press who's like, those characters are in comics together, are they going to meet up? And... They always go, well, I mean, you know, you never know. Uh, we might get around. And it's like, you you guys are hoping Marvel will go, sure, take him for a bit. Do some stuff. Retroactively bring your separate Spidey licenses into the MCU. Because Sony, a few years ago, realized they don't have any franchises of their own that they have 100% control over. And they're trying to reclaim them as much as they freaking can. Right on um, those coattails. Right it's on so weird. those coattails. Why do you think Warner Brothers are going so ham on DC and the DC movies? Even the, like, obviously the ones that are good and are progressing. Oh, because they own the shit out better. of it. Because they own the shit out of it and because they don't have Harry Potter anymore. So they've found a middle ground. they well, found a middle they ground. Kind they re- of, they uh... release... They release a Harry Potter adjacent franchise and they release DC movies and they're like, oh, people didn't like it. Uh, shit. Okay, we'll rework it. or We'll release an extended cut on our own video. We need to milk these two <laughs> franchises as much as we can, because unlike 10 years ago, we aren't dominating the box office completely with our family franchise. Yeah. yeah. Warner Brothers were on. T- I don't think people understand just how much money Warner Brothers made off of the Harry Potter films alone in the 2000s. It basically generated like 90% of the company's revenue over yeah. that decade. 
they are desperate to cling for it. And so is Sony, who after losing complete control of Spider-Man and James Bond's rights going back to whatever is MGM nowadays and Sony are just the distributors and all this stuff, Sony have no big cinema franchise to milk and, and carry them into the into the future. So that's why they're like, yeah, we'll let them work with Spider-Man. Let's get the credibility back for the character. Great, Disney, cool, okay. Oh, can we, can we have him back? Can we have him back? Oh, we're going to take him back. All right, fine. We'll work out a little deal. <laughs> we have these other Spider-Man toys over here we can play with, despite the fact that all of them are only interesting, say it with me, boys and girls, as mirrors to Spider-Man. I wasn't they sure not interact exactly what you were going to say, so I didn't say it with you. That's fine. You could have just like uh, mimed like a, a hand puppet and. But no one would have right. seen me <laughs> do that. I would have. They would have felt you. So Ooh. this will be Electro. Spider-Verse was successful. Spider-Verse was produced by Pascal Pictures, Amy Pascal's main company since she was dropped as like the head of development for Sony. Mm. Um, is she the person who made all the creative decisions on that film? Absolutely fucking not. Um, it's, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller. It's the, the, the teams who worked on that. It's everybody who was behind that movie. They made that work. It is so definitively the style of a bunch of people who were on the same wavelength. Mm. Spider Into the Spider-Verse is one of the few Sony films in recent years that does not feel like it's been run through a committee grinder before it got made. Mm. It looks like it was handed to the creatives. Like, make this thing. And we're going to back it because it's got Spider-Man in it and that'll make money. So just do it. Make the thing. Make, make be of the thing. Make the Spider-Man. Like make the Spider-Man work. I mean, also, look at the, the, the three most recent Sony or co-Sony, or at least Sony-distributed Spider-Man movies. Mm. Homecoming, Spider-Verse, Far From Home. Homecoming out of those three is the only... Uh, sorry, Spider-Verse out of those three is the only one to not have gratuitous tie-ins, endless sponsors, mm. product placements. Like, it's, it's, it's clearly the one... It's the one of those three that is clearly the most artistic vision left to its own devices and made into a film. Yeah, go for that. Whereas, whereas the other two, Homecoming and Far From Home are great great movies. Uh, to some great Spidey movies, like, they're really entertaining. They're pleasing blockbusters. They've got great stars in it. Brilliant visual effects sequences. Some really fan-pleasing moments in there. <laughs> um but they were like, if you look at even just the, even just the Blu-ray, even just the Blu-ray. When I get an MCU film Blu-ray, because um, I'm a physical media guy, because you know, fuck licensing and things disappearing off my marketplace. Um, like, I've got the Blu-rays. You open it up, and there might be a, a leaflet in there for an upcoming Disney film. Yeah, they're like, just like a leaflet. Spider-Man: Homecoming and Spider-Man: Far From Home were fucking booklets. <laughs> disguised as blu-rays the amount of ads for products tie-ins sponsors like it's just weird it's sony are so tra sony pictures are so transparent um which is why i think spider-verse does well is a critical darling is an oscar winner they're gonna go well jamie fox was probably signed on to do amazing spider-man 3 like electro wasn't necessarily evaporated or you know, disintegrated in the pylons. Maybe he just got absorbed. But he what? Oh no, shit! That's it. I know what the, he was signed on for. One more film. He was signed on for the Sinister Six. Well, they either have to pay him out that contract, or put him in another film. <sighs> and Spider Verse made money. And Spider Verse is about alternate dimensions and and their effect on Spider Man. 
which works for a, a visual animated movie that's all about a brand new unique story based around a fan favorite incarnation but spider-man movie should be about your friendly neighborhood spider-man which you probably spider-man will be. movie yeah but with interdimensional villains Yeah, but it's the only still a extreme rumor, version of Spider-Man I'm willing to accept actually news and not just a rumor. I know, but <laughs> the only version of Spider-Man I'm willing to accept if it's over the top is if he's got a giant freaking robot and he's the emissary of hell. Then we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Then we'll talk. Okay. Put Japanese Spider-Man on Disney Plus, you cowards. Um <laughs> so speaking of Sony, and their other not-quite-owned-by-them franchise, but one that makes them a lot of money through distribution. Can you believe we've only got one more month till we're going to see James Bond No Time to Die? No, because it's been put back again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything's getting put uh, back. Everything's getting put yeah. back. Everything's getting put back. Everything's getting put back. Is anything actually going to release As- at the cinema? Are there going to be any cinemas? Who could say? I don't know. As human beings who give a shit about other lives, I think we're both quite glad that it's being put back. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though, because it's killing... I mean, the yeah. cinema industry's been on a downward slide for a while, and this like constant moving back of films is kind of killing it quicker. Mm. But... So the cinema shouldn't be open anyway, because it's yeah. not safe to open. But if quarantine and lockdown have been handled properly at the start and they should be open by now and it's the same with all like sort of hospitality like venues like a lot of pubs are really angry that they're not be not they're like they're having to do shorter hours or on all the there's you know these people aren't coming or or that and i don't think they should be open but they need to be open to make money but they can't make money if they don't let loads of people in and they can't let loads of people in because distancing rules so not making money, so it, and they're having to cut their hours down, and it's it's, it's a snake eating its own tail. Yeah, and, and the whole but, thing is just if if we had if things had been managed better at the start, everything would be better by now, and it would be, it would more or less be normal. But it wasn't, so mm. it isn't. So we can't yeah. open everything up, but we have to open everything up because everything's going under, and, and it's just now now uh, there are big insurers out there who could pay out to help. But they won't float these companies. They but won't. they won't because they're all busy mates with the people currently in power who are making sure they don't have to spend all of their money on insurance. Yeah. And dish out all their money on insurance. So it's a snake eating its tail. And the government could be the Steve Irwin who pops in and goes like, right, come here, mate. Stop doing that, you little fucking idiot. Stop biting your fucking tail. But they won't. And people have a go at us for making this political. But yeah, hi, pop culture's being affected by our governments being ineffective. So we're going to keep pointing that out. Um, However, James Bond and Sony Pictures and MGM making the right decision for the sake of health is, like you say, unfortunately, is affecting the cinema market. But it means that they've been put in some weird crosshair where they have been held up as the boogeyman who has killed cinema. Because off the back of their announcement of putting their film back, coupled with the announcement that Dune is also being put back a year. Yeah. Um... Because, of course, June was like the, oh, my God, we might all be able to go to the cinema in December and we'll go watch June. Um, both of them being put back a year now. And the Batman, uh, I don't, as, of, as of this recording, yeah, as of this recording, there isn't a solid date, but they've said 2022. The belief is March 2022. Yeah. Um, well, that's also because that, that 
production's been disrupted. Yeah. Like they've had yeah, to pause. Uh, they paused from when, when, and then they started filming again. Uh, and then uh, Robert Pattinson contracted COVID. Yeah. So they had to yeah. pause filming again. I don't know if they started back up yet. So. But as a result, the UK cinema chain and it owns branches in the States as well. Uh, Cineworld has announced that they are pretty much effective immediately, at least as of this week, closing all of their sites. Yeah. Till 2021. So that's two and a half months of the sites being closed. Um, because of the current current government furlough scheme, there is no guarantee that any of its employees will be furloughed beyond next week. Well, also, they prompt, they might not open again. But that's the, yeah, that's the kicker. They've said we're not opening until 2021, but financials point to them maybe not being able to survive that decision. Yeah. So they may never open again, meaning the UK would lose... Um, I think it was quite a lot of cinemas. It's in the hundreds. In terms of like market share, it's basically a third. Yeah, because over here for, for view... our, like Australian and, and American listeners, like it's View, Cineworld, and Odeon yeah. over here. Uh, Odeon owned by AMC. Um, yeah, View. Is View who owns View? I'm not sure. Is it Virgin? Uh, sure. Let me take a look. Some some uh, Matt's got a terminology for when we can't quite pin down a name, uh, but it's definitely a person. Uh, That's the one. <laughs> some cunts. Um, SCs. That's one of them SCs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them big SCs. Uh, <laughs> the conglomerate, the SC. It's not owned by like a, a recognizable company. It's just you know. Oh, okay. It's not like Warner or anyone. No, it's just no, cause it, there's still there's still a couple of WB cinemas over here, isn't there? Not a lot, but there's like a couple. It's like um, fucking Blockbuster. It's like mm. every now and again, there's just, oh, there's a couple of sites still open mm. that I guess are independently owned or have kept the name at least for franchise reasons because everyone goes, do you want to go to the Warners? Um, there used to be one not too far away from us. Was well, Cineworld was... Not Cineworld. Uh, OD... <laughs> View was yeah. created out of the purchase of the Warner Village group by go. another company. Yeah. So. There you go. Do you remember the, the Red Cinema? I mean, I know it still exists and it's a view now, but back when the, the cinema at the Lowry Outlet was the Red Cinema. and it Was, was it not always? Ind- it, no, it was the Red Cinema for like the first five years and it was owned by Man United. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was really it weird. Was just, uh, it, it was football decor everywhere. It made no sense. Yeah. <laughs> But the prices were cheaper, so... Yeah. And then they probably went, what are we doing with the cinema? View, do you want to buy this? Although I think it was somewhere else briefly before View got it. I Maybe. think it might have been an Odeon really briefly. And I then View don't took over. remember. I don't spend a lot... I didn't spend a lot of time there because... You were in London's. I was in London's and it was a bitch to get to when I was here, so... Mm. Just go to Trafford It still is a bitch to get to, actually. Because... The only time I ever frequently used it was when I lived in the Keys. Yeah. But now it's the only one that I might might feel comfortable going back to. Because they've got spaced out gold seating in every screen now. Let's just go to to Glasgow. They've got an Odeon Lux. There's like 15 (laughs) seats in each screen. Yeah, we know what the problem with that is, is we'd be in Glasgow. Yeah, but the upside is it's on the key. So we can just park up, do it, um, get some square sausage on the way out. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, also the upside of it is, is it is Glasgow. Yeah. So, you know. Well, yeah, they've got curfew, though. So. Oh. 
Well, yeah. no. We'd, we have to get out of town by 10 p.m. Or the or the, the 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 fucking wraiths come after the car. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> they try- ghoulish entities pursue a Fiat. They tried on the motorway. <laughs> they tried to get people. It's not a Fiat, it's a Peugeot. Um, I know, but I'm just amused by the idea of like a, you know, a, 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 a non-movie, like average domestic car in a full-on high-speed chase with some CGI ghouls that are just smashing my, at the my car, going. Like, my car that can barely hit 80. You should be in bed! As they scrape should, the window. You should be in bed. <laughs> should be in bed right now and it's only 20 to 8. Yeah. Um... Bond hasn't killed cinema. Well, no. Um, here's the thing: government right? has killed cinema. Let's get that. Let's get it right. Because the people, inaction of the government has killed cinema they, in, the UK, in the United Kingdom. They tried to lure back people to the cinema with Tenet, and no one fucking saw it. Yeah, have you noticed like, how that was? The publicity was blown massively. Warner Brothers making such a big deal out of it, and then two weeks in, no mention. Nothing. No more billboards. Nothing. No more viral ads. They've gone, oh, and they've just retreated. Because it will have made money. I don't think and... it did, you know. Oh, excuse me. Um, well, put it this way. It was outgrossed um, recently in America, in many in several states, by the re-release of Hocus Pocus to select mm-hmm. screens. Uh, Hocus I Pocus don't think it made it the box back. office for the first time since its release nearly thirty years ago. I don't think it's made its budget back. Oh, it won't have done. It will not have made it. It won't even have made its marketing budget back. No. And that's the thing. They were taking a gambit. Someone had to do it. Someone had to go. We're going in. But it was a read the room situation. We talked about it on the show, like mid August, trying to convince everyone to go back to the cinema. Mid freaking August. Like, they should have gone, we'll aim for November. We will aim for November. Because Tenet won't have necessarily exacerbated the spread mm. of the co- uh, coronavirus, but it will have contributed well, it, in small part. It was one of many places. things that were happening that will have contributed to Led it, to like the... the pubs reopening, like yeah. restaurants reopening, like all yeah. that kind of stuff. That And you put, uh, you put things in place... To help stop the spread, and people don't follow them, and businesses no. will fudge things to get people to get more people in and to get yeah and to keep the people that are in happy. It's it's just it's a mess. Um, Tenet cost two hundred million dollars. It made three hundred and seven at the box office. Two hundred seven million. Yeah. So it 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 will it's a loss. It'll then be it'll be chewing through its um per, uh, hundred about hundred ninety million loss, um because the marketing of, yeah. budget is always double what the budget is for a big blockbuster, uh which means it's made no profit. No. Wow, that is, I mean they took a gamble. Maybe the trick was and, you know someone had to. Cin- yeah, but maybe the trick was limited cinema run in states that meet certain criteria mm. and then VOD a week later and just be like, look, if you want that IMAX experience, you've got this weekend, but your town has to meet this criteria. Like, as shallow as it sounds, because there are people out there who don't understand the the weight of the human loss here, but they might be coaxed if you said, right, in a month, we want to release this film. We need your state to be 
this down on this, this down on this, this up on these precautions, this up on this, these uh, rules, and this, that, and the other. And if you do that, we're going to put it out for a limited time. Which, you know, is still encouraging people to get together, but then you make sure the cinemas are actually freaking briefed and they, they span things out. Yeah. I don't know. We can't solve this. Um, as we keep saying, it should have been solved or at least helped out earlier in the year by the people who are in power who work for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't, don't, don't turn no time to die into some kind of um scapegoat for the drop of yeah. cinema because it isn't no time to die's fault because tent didn't get people back into seats like the 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 studios are blinking like they yeah. don't they don't they don't want to take that risk again mm. but the there's a very real danger that they won't have any cinemas to release these films into next year yeah um and there's no easy way to solve that. It, it, there's nothing. <laughs> there's no. There's no yeah. easy resolution. Like if they're if they're open, they're creating a risk. Even if that is mitigated by whatever guidelines are in place and where, mm. regardless of how well they're enforced, if they're closed, people aren't getting paid, and people are not making money, and you know people are out of work. There's no. G- there's no there's good no, there's way no out way of this. for the in, the industries, the people in charge of them, or even the customers to solve this. There's no, no way to do that. There's no there's no um, sort of this doesn't end well about, for anybody. How about you get you get the distribute the distribution houses, you get the cinemas to coerce to create an application, and you make a deal with the studios to release the films through the application for rental for VOD screening, um, for a, you know, not uh, not cheap price, sure, but, you know, think family audiences, households, for example, if there's two in a household and they charge you 30 quid to rent that movie for two nights, then that's £15 a night or £15 per person for one showing. Yeah. That's not that bad. And what you do is you then you just make a profit split. You just have to. And it's like half of this or a third of this is going to the cinemas that have produced this app and are distributing it. And it's going to go and help cover furlough and cover the rental and all the things that the actual physical establishments need to have covered. Um, so that, you know, those places can still be there a little longer and the rest of the profit goes to the studios and just you bite the bullet. Because like, I think what they need to do this year, I think the, the studios need the cinemas to survive. That has been proven. Despite the um, uh, sort of open d- contempt that some studios like Disney have for cinemas. Yeah. The studios would rather that they can pump their product directly into the homes of the of, of yeah. viewers because then they can just make that sweet, sweet profit. Oh, we don't have to get them out. We don't have to give a cut to a, to a no. cinema. Great. But they need it because the human beings who watch these movies... Most of them want that spectacle. They want to see it on a big screen for the first yeah, time. They yeah. want to. They want to watch it with friends. They they want to see the final chapter in a franchise on an IMAX screen. Like that, you know. That they, they want that community experience. That's what film is. It's it's theater projected. Like it's a communal experience um, that you can only replicate so much within the home. So they need cinemas to survive. It's time for them to bite the freaking bullet, put some of these big releases they're withholding out on a platform 
and split or at least donate a large quantity of that profit yeah. with the places that will keep them afloat. They can't change this. They can't change the future of all this. The governments can, but they can at least try to b- patch up that wound. Yeah, I know there's a whole thing where it's like if you are having to do charity for something that your government should have sorted for you then you are giving them a free pass. But sometimes you got to put a freaking Band-Aid over that wound for just a little bit longer. And then when everything is in a position where you can hold the government's feet to the fire, you do it. Like, you make a point of saying, we had to fix this. Why are you being paid what you're being paid? Yeah. Why are you in charge if you didn't fix this? Um, you know, you, you just have, you have to. You have to. All the people who are saying, like, don't, I don't want to vote for Biden. It's like, yeah, but Trump's destroying america get him out put biden in and then everything's calmed down be like right biden we're going to closely examine everything you're doing to make sure you do the right things mm-hmm. it's plain and simple sometimes you have to use a life raft before you can get back to shore and go right but we've what not the fuck we've, we doing? we've not got that option in this country because we're so far away from an stuck election. with the tories for another four years yeah yeah, yeah. but 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 it's their fault not james bond's Lay off Daniel Craig, folks. Even though I know the full, I know the thumbnail and title for this will be <laughs> completely clickbait. But anyway, <laughs> we got you here That's to listen to how our side the of it. Internet works. We um, got you here to listen to our side of it, and that was the point. Yes, there must be happier pop culture news out there, uh, Mattathias. Y- yeah, there must you be want, happier stuff. You want something that will put a smile on your face? I want something that will put a spring in my step and a song in my what, heart. What you want then is you want. <laughs> The smiling face of the newcomer, the new young actress who is going to be playing the role of Kamala Khan in the Ms. Marvel TV show, Iman Vellani. Iman Vellani, who Yay. we all, even though we've not seen her in much, we'll recognise her now because when this casting announcement was made earlier in the week, the internet was full of just her smiling face in a very sort of like, very quirky headshot that they put out. Yeah, it was very um, good. <clears throat> uh, several things. One, yes, it means it means they're obviously figuring out the specifics and logistics of filming in the near future. Yeah, well, um, probably next year. It, I mean, if if you want if you want your your teenage superhero, you got to start filming. You yeah. gotta start filming soon. I, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't there, are, there are ways to, to do it. I would oh, expect well, them to start I, filming until I late next year. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think they're about to pull the trigger on it. But they're 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 at least now in the stage where they're like pre-production is well underway. Uh, like the the casting it will be a part of that because when you're developing a show around a young lead, you have to spend a lot of time preparing to then bring that young lead into your framework. Mm-hmm. Um. It's not like some of the stuff we like. Michael Douglas has said he's going to do it. Great, we're going to go work on that movie and then bring it back to him. Like it's you know you you have to have you have to have your young star as a part of that development. Obviously, as well, legality with shooting hours. Obviously, extra legality and measures being taken at the moment in TV and film uh, because some productions are happening. Like a film has been released recently, an independent movie has been released that was produced entirely during lockdown, mm-hmm. and it's like holy shoot! Like well done. I mean, obviously everything shouldn't do this, but like you found a way to do it. They. They brought out the receipts. Here's how we did everything. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is completely watertight. Wow, you, know, you so- guys are great. Soaps are currently in production, like TV shows Soaps are, are back in production. It's all, it's all about um, regular testing, keeping an eye on everybody, uh, the crew like being a little bit more uh, at arm's length with more remote technology. Masks and distancing. But also, 
but also um uh it's about uh forced perspective as well in a lot of stuff yes. too yes um in, in the dramas distances. and things like that yeah, yeah. so the ho- i call it hobbiting um <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of forced perspective yeah um and uh, not to be, of course, confused with fozzying, which is a completely different thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, we, one, maybe one day we'll we'll go into that in depth. Uh, we've talked about fozzying on the show before, but we'll we'll, we'll do it. We'll do some more fozzying content in the future. <laughs> so uh, Iman Vellani is. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome that they're getting a young star who is a an unknown. Like, yeah. Hey, guess what? We've been saying for years. Whenever they go, well, we can't cast a Japanese actress in the lead of Ghost in the Shell because no one will know who they are in the West, so we're casting Scarlett Johansson. We've been saying for years, you make stars. Yeah, that's you how you make, make stars. Them. And you can't whitewash Kamala Khan. No. You can't do it. No. She is a, a uh, she is a Pakistani-American character who lives in New Jersey. She's a, 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 a devout Muslim. Like Her heritage and her religion is a part of her upbringing and her family. So, they're casting appropriate. Uh, not only that, the series will be written by Bishike Ali. Uh, directors include uh, um, Adil El Arbi, Bilal Falah, Shamin Obey Chinoy, and Mira Minon. So, like, you're talking about people who've worked across action cinema and stuff recently. Yeah. Uh, An action drama. Coming in and bringing a perspective yeah. that is authentic to an American... Asian upbringing, an American-Pakistani upbringing, or Muslim upbringing. Um, of course, there are people across the production as well who are not from that upbringing, but the point is there are authentic voices steering that story. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to to have when you're telling yeah, a story that is so rooted in that. Like, Kamala's the first, like, distinctly, uh, distinct Marvel character of Pakistani heritage, ever. She's the first very openly Muslim star of marvel books mm. like in, in terms of you know like the people you see on the posters on the yeah. covers who get their own series and yeah. th- so representation matters motherfuckers and they've made the decision to go not only that we're gonna make a star like yeah. we're gonna make a star who's gonna appeal to our younger fans because she is their age like she's a babby imagine how exciting that must be to be cast in that role after your audition process and then imagine how exciting that must have been for her to see social media on the day of the announcement and see, like, you know, Mark Ruffalo and, and Kamal Nanjani and all these people who are involved everyone in the Marvel sort films of like, welcoming her to the... Welcome aboard. Yeah. It's like, yes! That's that, oh, cool. my God. That's like that's like 18... Um, what's it? 18 birthdays at once. That's mm. nuts. So I hope she... I hope she's... I hope she's getting to getting to work. I hope, I hope in some way she's been able to start work on the character now and go with that driving enthusiasm. Of course, safely think. and within production remit. Um, but this is also a sign of things to come with Marvel, like She-Hulk having recently been cast. Um, yeah. And because uh, it's, it's, it's your last from Orphan Black, isn't it? Who's been cast? As, uh, Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. Jennifer Walters. Yes. Yeah, so she's. <laughs> bit of typecasting. Hey, you know that thing where you played loads of multiple people? Well, can you do it again, but just like one other person? <laughs> so, I, I guess. Great! Get on set, Adiana. <laughs> but, um, but like, so She-Hulk production is obviously at a point where casting has happened. Um, Ms. Marvel is happening. This week we got, again, no official Fallout Disney announcement, 
But many sources talking about the fact that a Fury series has been commissioned starring Sam Jackson for yep. Disney+. Plus. Uh, Loki's been a bit quiet, but we do know a lot of that was actually filmed uh, last year, so it's possible they just have like half of it to finish. This gets me hopeful, because with the WandaVision trailer teasing us with a coming soon, uh, no date, but coming soon, yeah. and the fact we know that they only had like another two weeks worth of shooting, important set pieces, but like another two weeks worth of shooting on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. This is getting me hopeful. I have a feeling that they're finding ways around the limitations and the health risks to finish up a couple of these shows and get the next ones in, on the go. Because in a world where the Mandalorian can be made uh, like at least 60% of it in one controlled environment. Yeah. Using technology, uh, CGI to fill in the gaps, but distancing, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least one of the Marvel Disney Plus shows by the end of the year at this rate. I think, I think we're going to get Probably one division. I think that's the one that they've finished, uh, or at least have the bulk of principal photography that they can go yeah. ahead with what they've got. Um, because like that was meant to be the second one out, and yet we've had a first full trailer yeah, for it. Yeah, we've had more stuff from that than we have. Yeah, it's 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 tricky. I think they probably will try and push out whatever they've got. Um, mm. it might be a case of just drip feeding episodes. Like Maybe. okay, we've got this many done. One a month. Give us one a month. I'll yeah. do. I'll deal with that. If yeah. they're going to be forty-five minutes, give us one a month. I mean, sure. they, 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 they're going to insist on dripping out the Mandalorian season two, so they might as well do it yeah. with the Marvel stuff. Fuck. And if you want people to wait call a little it, bit longer, call it Marvel Monday, and just on a Monday you release like, like once a month Marvel Monday you release a new episode. Marvel Monday, yeah. Why yeah. not? Why not? But I, I hope she I hope she has a whale of a time. I hope it's nice and safe, obviously. Yeah. And I hope this means the start of some new entertainment. You know what I mean? Unless, of course, all the crews working on the shows work over here and they have to retrain now. Um, so... <laughs> do you remember when this show didn't just roast shit politicians? Anyway. Um, <laughs> what else happened in the sphere? What else happened in the goddamn sphere this past week? It's got to be some stuff. So I'm sure there's well, a trailer. Well, I just, um, I've just been handed a uh, a hot. <laughs> we have notes, but hot we're knackered as fuck. Breaking news. Um, let me see hot if off I can the find the. Yes. Uh, quick question. Here we go. Is it about? Is it about the time Lord Victorious? No. No comment. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Constantine Film, which is a oh. German production studio, I believe. Oh, that was misleading. Yep. Is <laughs> is starting up a new adaptation of Resident Evil. What? Um and what? it's got a cast. Wait, hang on. German language or no? Because it's an it's it's English and American cast. Because it's been oh cast. Oh my god! It's been cast. So is it? Is this a refresh of the movie franchise completely, or is it a continuation? Jigsaw. It, it was refresh. 
Holy shit. So, um, oh my God, wait, Matt, are they going to do a Resident Evil film that's actually like the Resident Evil lore and mythology? Well, the writer-director is Johannes Roberts, who did uh, 47 Meters Down. Okay. Um, and he says, um, with this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying visceral experience I had when I first played them. Whilst at the same time, telling a grounded human story about a small, dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences. Um, so... Okay, so more so Resident Evil 2. It's going to be set in 98, apparently. Oh, shit! Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's been cast. Uh, we've got uh, Kea Scudelario as Claire Redfield. Shit! Oh, uh, oh shit! We are we're doing this. Yeah, we're doing this. Hannah John Kamen. Yeah, is Jill Valentine. Okay. Robbie Amell is Chris Redfield. Uh, Tom Hopper and uh, is Wesker. Yeah. Um, I don't hate that. I don't a- hate that. Avon Jogia is Leon S. Yeah. Kennedy. Okay. And are you ready for this bit? Are you ready for oh, this shit. one? This is you're gonna like this one. Oh shit! Go on. N- Neil McDonough is mm. William Birkin. Okay. <laughs> do you know what's in? Do you know what's striking me first off? What? This isn't. This isn't a big name cast. No, it's but a, they're... oh, you know these folks. Yeah. Cast. Yeah. Yeah. Like which is sort of. Fortuitous because, like, video game adaptations tend to get overshadowed by the and starring. Yeah. Whereas there's a bit of there's enough distance here. This is like this is like you know casting Tom Holland as Spider Man. It's like you don't know them massively well. Yeah. You might have seen them and stuff, but you don't know them massively well, so that there's no distraction when they take on these roles. Like the most recognizable but, person in this is Neil McDonough. And he's not exactly yeah. a like yeah. a headliner. Like he's a great yeah. character actor, but he's not a he's not a <clears throat> fucking billboard. And arguably the f- star. arguably the first Resident Evil film was kind of like that in a way. Like you know, Mila Jokovic was known, but like she wasn't necessarily uh, like kind of that. that the two thousands was the decade that tried to make her a headliner. Yeah, because what the Fifth Element was like the biggest thing she'd been in before that, which she is fucking excellent in, and. Is an excellent movie, but um, it is an excellent. Yeah, movie. like that was the two thousands was the decade where they were like she was casting Resident Evil, and off the back of that, they were kind of like she's a name. So I guess the first Resi sort of similar in terms of like it it, it wasn't yeah. like a star maker. Oh, sorry, a star vehicle. It was a star maker, but it's definitely it's definitely a forgotten film franchise. Like it's one of those that just sort of glumped on for a decade and made back the money it needed and had a dedicated home video audience and was never a critical darling. The first one got a decent reception. Like, yeah, this was cool. But that was kind of its reception. Like, yeah, this was cool. That bit with the the lasers. It was cool. Anyway, that was a film. And fans of the video game went, I mean, it's got shit in it from the video games, but it's not really Resident Evil, is it? And you know, yeah, it's got yeah, it, it pulls bits out 
and sort of uses them in the most superficial of ways and yeah. tends to um sort of ignore the most iconic parts of the elements that it pulls mm. out of the games and sort of flat yeah sh- sand the edges off um it's weird. the weird thing with with video game movies flat out is if you adapt way too closely most of the time you come away going yeah it's fine but i rather would have played it yeah and if you yeah, yeah. ignore the things that bring the original property appeal you just piss off your guaranteed box office audience yeah. of people who want to go and see it because it's based on their favorite game like i've i've always said the best video game movie you can make is a spin-off from the franchise yeah tell a solid story that if you love the games hey guess what is an extra bit that you can watch that couldn't be a game like it had to be like a, oh it's a one-off little story the kind of thing that you do in the comic spin-offs or, or that tends to be what know. the animated films have been like the CGI animation. Yeah, with Resident, Resident Evil, Film, yeah. yeah. Resident Evil and Final Fantasy have had a decent bout of uh, CGI uh, straight-to-video spin-offs. And, well, and decent's a strong word, but... Yeah, well, I'll say... Uh, okay, Numerous. In the context of... They, they've had... Yeah, they've, they've had, had multiple. And, and they've made money and people watched them. Um, but Multiple like, yeah, of that's varying the quality. Like, like, Assassin's Creed missed the mark in terms of its execution, but it had the right idea of being, oh, this is just a different story of a different person who ends up being brought in to use an animus. Like, you know, sure. Um, no, that's the way to go. But if you're going to do a Resident Evil film now, don't chicken out like the older ones and just pull random elements and forget why people like them. Go, Resident Evil has transformed that much over the years with the installments all being very different and, and very visually distinct and tonally like they've started to play around a lot more and pl- they're playing a lot more with Western horror tropes now as well in, in the last couple of incarnations. Yeah. Like directly sort of, oh, that's been inspired by that. That's inspired by that. Yeah. So a film that's basically mashing together the first two and setting it in 98. Uh, a recent period piece is kind of a fun idea. Like, I fucking let's love a recent the 90s period now. piece. Like, I'm, I'm all about let's, it. Let's move into the 90s. We've had enough of the 80s. Let's do some 90s. Like, films set in the 90s it. and early 2000s. I'm there for every every time. Let's have every time. Let's have a dull but a a dull and shit tracksuits. Let's you know. Let's get some fucking <sighs> early CD player use. Let's do this. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Back when Monster Munch were the size of your head. Big Let's go. Computers. Come on. Let's do it. Yeah. Dial-up modems. Windows 95. Like The biggest laugh Captain Marvel got in the cinema was when they were waiting for that fucking floppy to load. <laughs> like, it was... People laughed. It was like, yep, yep. I remember that. Bring it out. That was bad. Um, so, you know, let's... let's um, let's, let's do it. Uh, do you think they're gonna... Do you think they're gonna set it in the town of number two? But they're gonna cram a mansion like into the outskirts of town, so we get at yeah, least probably. a set piece in a mansion. Probably, I'd be up for that. Do you think we're gonna get the resi monsters we all really want? Let's be honest, which is rabid dog jumping through a window, yeah, giant decaying snake, Ooh. and I don't understand why, but there's just a fuck off huge tarantula in this room. <laughs> Can we have those monsters? Uh, like actually, zombies. Yeah, give us zombies. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, don't, don't the re- the remake. Oh god! Right. Anyway, so um, so can oh god, I'm actually my skin is crawling at the thought. Um, so can can we? Because yeah, zombies, sure, but we're 
I'm bored as fuck of zombie media now. I really, yeah. unless someone comes along with a really interesting take on it, it bores me to fuck. Um, give me liquors or years, give me the death. Last 15 years I've done it. Give me liquors or get, exactly. Give me liquors. Give me giant tarantulas. You know, let's let's get this stuff in there. You know, or or if you're gonna do zombies, keep it minimal at first. Escalate as the film goes on. Let's have that creepy dude sat in a corner slowly turning around kind of yeah. shot in the movie. Let's yeah, let's have great. that trapped in a manor. There you go. Stick it. Start in the manor and spread out into the town. And and you know go from there. Um, this could be fun. I I I am intrigued. I am intrigued. Um, I, I'm intrigued by something else that I was just sent on uh, Facebook Messenger by my uh, erstwhile partner in crime. As she as she sits in the is other room. So you guys put on forms. Yeah, erstwhile partner in crime. <laughs> Marital status. She's... I have an erstwhile partner in crime. She sent me the first poster for the action fantasy movie Jiu-Jitsu, starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, shut up. No. It's about... That's an, not a thing. It's... Wait till you hear this plot somewhere. It's about an ancient order of expert Jiu-Jitsu fighters facing alien invaders in a battle for Earth every six years. Cage's character and his team of Jiu-Jitsu fighters band together to defeat the Brax, the alien leader. Starring Sorry, what? Starring Alan Moosey, Frank Grio, Juju Chan, Tony Jaa, and Nicolas Cage. Uh from Dimitri Logothetis, director of Kickboxer Retaliation. Jesus. Look at that. Look at that, Christopher. Why is that a thing? But at the same time, why is it not a thing I can click and watch right now? Uh, November twentieth. You'll be able to click and watch it. So... Is it? Is it going straight to streaming? I hope so. <laughs> of course, it's going straight to streaming. It's a Nicolas Cage film directed by the dude who did Kickboxer Retaliation. That's not getting a fucking cinema release, even if the cinemas were open. Can I ask you about Cage? You're you're a, you're a bit of a Cage connoisseur. I've had my moments you, you, in Cage. I've had my Cage you, moments. You you. you, you you and Charlie are definitely Cage academics. We've done, like, we've you, done, you crunched on Cage. I'm, I've not done advanced Cage studies, but I've, I'm definitely an intermediate Cage um, you, I, devourer. I, you, you, you've, you've done enough that we could definitely qualify you as a Cage correspondent for this podcast. Look, like, I couldn't make it all the way story. through Left Behind, so I do have limits. That's or fine, but I, I have to ask, for, in, in your, in your. Um, Cage Pinion. Yeah. Um, is he in debt? Like, I know he's in debt, but like, is he in debt that much that he does these movies? He's had four do divorces. You just, do you think he just doesn't like sitting on his ass? I don't think he likes sitting on his ass. So, I, think, I think he's. I think he's one of those actors who just up for anything. Because um, he's he's the only actor I can think of who is always in both. Hollywood blockbuster big release movies and bottom of the barrel supermarket instantly five pounds on release bullshit. And it doesn't matter which both one they at are. At the same He's time. Amazingly watchable in all of them. Not necessarily yeah, good. <laughs> but very <laughs> watchable. I mean, like, it's just he, he has to be in a lot of debt, right? Or just very, very, very bored. Um so, because how else do you, do you do you get away with 
like we we talk you know we don't we don't regard Steven Seagal as like a fucking A-list action star or an A-list movie star. No, but he is a rapist. And partially that's true. But like partially because yeah, but he's also a policeman. Oh wait. But like <laughs> Oh wait. You know, partially that's partially that's because there was sort of like a burning bright moment in a certain decade where it was like he's a lead in all these things. And then he just kept making bottom of the barrel stuff. Like but you there's there's always sort of a moment where you go oh I guess they do this now like you don't expect to see Shatner uh, in anything <laughs> I mean I don't expect like... to see Shatner yeah true we don't expect to see Shatner in anything nowadays that's like oh my god like and it's got Shatner in it I can't wait to see it like you know it's it's going to be huge he's either in stuff as a reference or a homage to himself or the people who who've cast him because they're like we love you to bits we just want you to play this role come on in play this one day on set and off you pop but he's in a lot of straight to dvd bottom of the barrel stuff this year he's in about four every films. year every year yeah oh no but i mean just this, just from the start of this year implying that at least one of them was probably finished during lockdown it's Possibly. like this is weird and he's a man just like, doesn't stop say, working you you would say that shatner was a culturally significant actor but you wouldn't say he was an a-list star at the moment you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the same way that like Will Smith has always remained an A-list star. I wouldn't have ever put Shatner as an A-list star. No, like, no, well, we weren't alive when he was in his heyday. We weren't around when he was like at his peak as a household name. I know he was never a movie star, was it? He that's was a true, TV that's star. True. He was never a movie. When people star. go up and down, like we we adore Mark Hamill, for example. We yeah. adore that gentleman. But there was definitely like he's only ever really been an A-list name in the last five years when pop culture has suddenly turned around and gone, why haven't we been using him more? He's great as part of the resurgence of the Star Wars franchise. Um, like, obviously, he's... Pr- this is not to knock the work he did between, like, you know, his debuts in the in the mid-70s onwards. Like, dude's worked tirelessly in film, television, and theatre in particular. Yeah. Voice acting. He forged, like, a prolific voice acting career. Um... So, like, he's worked, but, like, he, you know, the point I'm making is Nicolas Cage has always been regarded since breaking out in the late 80s, has always been regarded as an A-list star. But if you held up the list of movies that were cinematic releases, box office successes, or critical darlings, up against the ones he's made that no fuck has ever heard about, I bet there's more that no fuck has ever heard about. Oh yeah, the dude far more of them. The dude and pumps out movies at a prodigious rate. And yet it doesn't outweigh the A-list status. It's so strange. Because he's the guy's impervious to always it. entertaining. Do you think it do you think always it is? watchable? Do you think it's because he's always watchable because he's either batshit mental or makes weird decisions and people just go Sure. Why would he not make weird decisions in his bookings as well? Yeah, like, he's, we'll he just he it. just does make he just makes weird decisions. Like he never he never he... even when he's doing something that's like you could consider boring, he's never making an the obvious choice. He always makes <laughs> like weird choices. Um that's which true. is what kind of what keeps him so uh what keeps his performances so vital. Really. Maybe that's what it is. Like he he uses the reverence people have for him and the love that big movie makers have for him mm. to guarantee himself at least one big, big role, big profile role a year. Yeah, which sort of keeps him 
in the public consciousness and oh i love nicholas cage fuck it's a new nicholas cage film yeah let's do this and then one sort of mid-tier thing like you know the um the uh the the was it the color from out of color out of space yeah yeah color out of space Things which like is coming to streaming uh later this month you should definitely fucking watch it it's brilliant i bloody will it's brilliant see what i mean like he does at least one big tentpole a year a couple mid-tier releases yeah, like yeah. that um like critical darlings that get a really good word of mouth like kind do of do the reception. festival circuit and that yeah yeah and then like five or six dog shit pieces of work that no yeah. one's ever going to see and yet he still is an a-lister he's, he's managed to make it work there's a formula there what i'm saying is matt we need to hold him down and drain a vial of his blood for study okay if you if you drop it if you drop his blood like acid it ends up like mandy you should fucking watch Mandy. Well, I mean, we're all stuck at home right now, so like, we're no danger to other people. You Let's should, do it. You should watch Mandy. It's a <laughs> fucking trip, Mandy. man. It's a trip. Mandy. It's great. Um, um, uh, right. Is that, is that it for, we'll catch up. We'll, do you know what? If there's any yeah. news we missed, folks, tell us in the comments. We'll talk about it. If there's any um, news we missed, I don't care. Yeah. Frankly. <laughs> Have we got any emails we want to touch on this week? Uh, yeah, we'll do some emails. Um, so, what we got? Uh, I had them up, and then I closed the app, and now I don't have them up anymore. So I it's all right. To there, there are pills for that. Open the app. Uh, hey! Hey! Uh, this one comes in from Jack. Jack H. Jack, hello, Jack. Uh, this one's from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, hello, my big damn boys. A few things this time. Unfortunately, I'm not caught up with the pod recently due to me moving into uni. Congratulations. Um, uh, Hope you're safe safe. and not too stressed with it all. Uh, It's very exciting and everyone is lovely so far and Canterbury is an amazing city. Before moving here, however, I watched Chrissy Nolan's Tenet and may I say it was rather good? Oh, question mark. Yeah, there's a question mark. Um, Nice. It was was good. I just feel like I should have watched it two times before watching it. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> fair enough seems like it's a very confusing but wait a Christopher Nolan movie with complex mechanics never um, in other media news <laughs> I shall take you back to the glorious 80s to good old Colin Baker I have now finished his run and it feels very incomplete to me and his last story was sort of a damp squib for me the Matrix machinations were brilliant but the climax left me wanting more and all that feeling keep on keeping <laughs> on um yeah, it, Colin's run does feel incomplete. Yeah. There's no two ways is. about it. it yeah. It is, it is it cut was, short. It was cut sadly short and was plagued with terrible fucking scripts. Mm. Um, but we've got Twain uh, needed yes. to be drained. Uh, we've got more... Uh, we've got more uh, tenant reporting... From uh, Dan the Kneecap Man. Um, Dan, Dan the Kneecap Man. Dan, Dan the Kneecap Man. Says, hello, Dan's taken all the pills. Dan climbs many hills. Uh, Yes, Dan the Kneecap Man, as my stage name now is, back again. Uh, A couple (laughs) of weeks ago, I went on a socially safe as possible trip to the cinema and saw Tenet and New Mutants. And as promised, here are my reviews. Oh my God, here we go. Oh my Um, God, ladies and gentlemen. Tenet. This podcast is about to actually have mutants. a review for Tenet and the New Mutants. Um, okay, here we go. Holy shit. I'm like, oh, wow. This is an exclusive. Okay. 
Tenet is it. peak Nolan in the best and worst of ways. Called it. It. <laughs> it has some cool set pieces and ideas, but lacks anything resembling a real character and decides to overcomplicate said ideas for no reason. And also the sound mix was ridiculously loud. At times I wondered if Nolan was trying to make me deaf as part of some obsce- uh, obscene arty statement. Um <laughs> New Mutant Brilliant. surprised me by not being a total car crash, but instead oh. was a fairly average, naughty superhero film with more restraint than expected and the potential to be a decent horror flick if they lean into that angle a little more. Sadly, it has the same issues with, that, with character as most Fox Men films, but without a McKellen in sight. Onto something I'm enjoying much more. Time Lord Victorious. Oh my God, someone who's event? in the trenches and digging it. Uh, are you chaps following the event if so are you enjoying it so far i've kept up pretty well and i'm very much enjoying it it has the sprawling scale uh, of an event but a clear emotional core about the doctor's relationship with death as i expected the novels are the core of the event and the other paths are interesting stories that lead to it in some way or another hopefully it keeps up and i definitely recommend dipping a toe in at least stay safe and happy boys you're a rare constant in wild times um i have i have i don't really engage with much Doctor Who spin-off media. I'm avoiding like, this one. I never like really the plague. have done. <laughs> like I I'm avoiding the, it like the plague. <laughs> I watched the show. I've read the odd book here and there. I've read the odd yeah. comic here and there. Like, yeah, yeah. But I don't. You know, I've listened to a few big finishes, mostly early big finishes. Uh, but I just don't tend to seek out the spin-off media because, to me, it's a. Uh, and and this is kind of the same with. With all things, like it's a TV show to me. Yeah, in the same way, I like don't. Most stories don't... can be told in other mediums, but yeah. ultimately, but yeah. it's a t- it's a TV show, um, and I want to watch the TV show. Like I don't. Uh, what else could I compare it to? I don't really, um, like seek out a lot of, uh, like X Files spinoff media. No, which there is there is stuff, but again, it's like it's a TV show to me. Um, what is it, Matt? It, it's a TV show. Okay, to me, just checking. Um, just checking. To me, <laughs> oh to yeah, me, it's a TV show. Uh, oh, so okay, I think okay. that's my thing with the Town of Victoria. It's not like, oh god, Town of Victoria. It's like, I, yeah, I just don't have any real interest in it. So it's difficult for me to. I mean, I'm glad people are enjoying it, and also people aren't, so, you know, mm. opinions. <laughs> in, but, in the politest possible way I of putting it, I think the release of it has been a shit show, um, in terms of how they've tried to explain it. And I think a big part of why I don't want to check it out is there isn't a core story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there might be. There might be a core story thread. But it should be one item or three specific things like this audio, this book, and this comic are the main story. One with each different doctor, all from different angles, all have the same start and end point, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like it needs yeah. to be it needs to be treated like a Marvel summer event. Here's the main story, and this stuff's optional if you want more. And it's just it it's the fact they've had to put out a timetable and a flow chart. Um, all they've said is it's the Doctor that faces 
uh, off against the idea of death in the dark times. And I'm like, right? That's just okay. some bleak words. Like, give me a hook. Give me bleak a freaking... words. I don't know. But that's just that's just me. I can't I can't engage in in the way that they've launched this nah, thing. I, I really you. can't. That being said, Dan Dan the kneecap man. If you could give us a basic like, here's the one two three that you should check out. Forget four five six seven. If you think that there is a nice, simple, here's here's the ticket version. Yeah, I want to hear about it. Please let us know because. I don't. I don't want to not like things. I want no, to like I hate and enjoy things. things. It's fucking exhausting. Yeah. So, like, maybe Dan Dan the Kneecap Man could be ours and some of our listeners' gateway into the simplified. Uh, here's here's the real stuff you actually need. Forget the rest of it. It's just fluff. Time, Lord, Time Lord victorious correspondence. Yeah. So Dan. Dan, the Dan man. Uh, Next week, uh, email in bigdamncontact.gmail.com, but you know that. You've already emailed in. Um, email in. Uh, we won't be talking about it next week, because next week uh, we'll magically be talking about something else for reasons. Uh, yep. And the week after, we'll get back to it. So that gives you a bit longer if you want to wait another week and see if there's any other releases, since they seem to be announcing more and more freaking releases. It's been yes. by the minute. Um, by the second. So keep us posted. Yeah. Oh, don't. It's a, today, as of this recording, they announced uh, the Time Lord Victorious Road to the Dark Times Blu-ray set. Oh, Which is a yeah. collection of stories from Classic and New Who that tie into every mention of the Dark Times. So there's a Pertwee <laughs> story, there's a, a couple Toms, because uh, of course one of them's Genesis, so it's not like the Dark yeah. Times per se, but it's like the Daleks and it's sort of important to their story. Uh, there's a Sylvester uh, and a few tenants and it's just like oh my god like which would be lovely it, as a gateway to classic Who for a new Who fan who's just curious and is following Time Lord Victorious yes. they might pick that up see some of these stories and go wow I might check out some more classic Who over the time over time like that's quite cool but I think the core audience for Time Lord Victorious are people who already listen to things like Big Finish and stuff mm. like they know this stuff they, they know it that they'll be waiting for season box sets or they'll already own the damn thing. And it's, yeah. it's just sort of very, it's odd. I, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think the teams are doing a brilliant job of keeping up enthusiasm about these announcements. Yeah. But I just, I think the announcements are so convoluted. So Dan, Dan, the kneecap man, if you could give us your sort of bullet point version of everything so far that you've encountered, we would be a very grateful. Yeah. We'll be very um, grateful. Any more emails this week, you horny toad? No, that's it for this week. We're going to call it there this week. Yeah, we should do because you. We should do because you're a hardworking boy who needs his sleep, and I can feel my paracetamol wearing off. Oh so, no! Um, yeah. Oh well. Uh, any thoughts on the stuff we brought up this week? Best way to talk to us about it right now is to tweet us at Big Damn Cast or hit us up during Monday or Friday night live streams on Twitch.tv slash big a damn stream drop that channel a follow while you're at it as well and you won't miss any goddamn broadcasts you 
Ah, souls! <laughs> um, I was trying to think of I was trying to think of a non-nasty, nasty name to call Look, everybody. No, no, just call uh, everyone assholes instead. You're all assholes, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but you but you're our assholes and we take very good care of you. Um, uh, you can of course support all of our endeavours in this very difficult time. If you could ch- chuck any shekels, much appreciated because we'll go to our future production. And also just keeping the lights on. Patreon.com slash Big Damn Cast right. and Big Damn Channel on YouTube is your one-stop shop for everything should you be that way inclined, oh, you filthy, way. filthy beggars. Um, next week, uh, we're pre-recording an episode. Spoiler alert. So if you enjoyed our X-Men retrospective, Oh, fucking boy. Oh, boy. Brace yourselves, because, oh, I mean, how's your research going? (sighs) Next week, we Hmm. will be talking about X-Men Origins Wolverine, X-Men First Class, and The Wolverine. Anyway, oh, no, this is, wait, oh, no, third act, fuck. So, uh, which you've not seen yet. You've not seen the end of that movie, have you? Apparently, I have seen it, but oh, you I don't it remember it at all. Well, you clearly got shot by an adamantium bullet in the head, and you forgot all about it. I'd forgotten how bad X-Men Origins Wolverine is, but we'll get to that next week. We will. Next week with a shiny graphic. Till then, Matt's going to leave you on these words of wisdom. No pressure. Please. Got a point.